Coming up today on the Lead to Succeed podcast. One of the best things an organization can do in terms of sales is not to necessarily have people cold calling. You can do that and it still works, especially because more people now are scared to pick up the phone and call a stranger because people are so used to sending DMs and emails now. Um, but rather to get leads coming in. And then when you call those people, an easy way to just start a conversation is to say, hey, you know, what are you looking for? Do you want to learn the tricks that top leaders use to get the most out of themselves and their teams? Well, Naftali Hoff is here to help lead to succeed. Picks the brains of top leaders to learn about their challenges, insights, and best practices. Here's Naftali. Hello, Lead to Succeed Nation. It's Naftali Hoff, and welcome to Lead to Succeed, episode 123. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jeremy Sandel. Jeremy is an online sales and marketing professional with more than $15 million earned in one-to-one sales across six-plus different industries. He spent the last 12 years studying human behavior and evolutionary psychology and has developed a unique non-salesy approach to sales that results in considerably higher than average closing rates in the high-ticket sales niche. Jeremy, I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Same, same. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. And uh, your topic is of great interest to me because um, I think it's Daniel Pink who says to sell is human. All of us need to be in sales. And certainly if you're someone like myself in coaching and you're constantly thinking about how are you going to make a bigger impact, it's really difficult to do that if you're not selling. So let's go back to the beginning. Walk us through your journey a little bit. And specifically, how did you get into sales, which for many people is a scary and perhaps undesirable, almost perceived as sleazy type of industry. So so kind of walk us through that a little bit. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you off on the wrong foot, but you oh, understand okay. what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> sure you get that all the time. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, you know, I actually had that same view of sales when I first started. Um, my first sales job, I was doing personal training and I had a, a pretty hard job because the first time I stepped in the gym was three months after I learned how to be a trainer. So I was like going straight from reading books to going into the gym to then trying to sell people that I was going to be able to help them get in shape. Mm. And I think I benefited a lot from the fact that I really had no clue what I was doing. I mean, I was certified to train people, but I didn't have the experience. And, um, my my manager was uh, he was a six four probably two hundred and fifty pounds of muscle guy, and I remembered being scared to talk to people. I was, I'm a very introverted person. When I'm with friends, I'm the quiet guy, and so what happens is uh, he sees me standing around not making sales, and he actually took me and made me go and introduce myself and shake hands with every single person in the gym because he could tell I was like embarrassed and I was I was nervous and scared. And uh, I think I got really lucky that he did that, but it was really funny because um, in the gym, everybody's sweating. So nobody noticed that my hands were sweating from being so nervous, <laughs> my knees were shaking. And so it was a, <laughs> it's a funny thing to think about now because it's so normal at this point since I've been doing it for 12 years that I, I don't really think about it. I'm just talking to people now. But 
before it really felt like if I talked to a stranger, um, like when you're a little kid, you know, your parents say, don't talk to strangers. I really thought something bad would happen to me if I tried to mm -hmm. sell people. And, um, and now my whole mindset, it's interesting, is completely the other way. I'm actually more worried about not selling people because I'm worried about what might happen to them if I can't get my product into their hands. I'm worried about, am I going to be responsible for their life being less than good or less good than it could have been if I had actually been bold enough to, you know, approach them and try to sell them. And so it's a really, really interesting way that that kind of changed over the years. Yes. You know, you're hitting on a lot of things. It's interesting because, I mean, I tell this to my, to my audience often, they know that I'm a former head of school and a former educator. And so for the most part, when you're, when you're in education, you're really not thinking sales per se. Yeah. You think about, especially for me running an independent school, you think about enrollment. And so you are trying to market, you are trying to make sure that people know about your school and the benefits and all of that but it's a different kind of sell, selling. And even fundraising is a little bit of a different kind of selling, though the principles I'm sure are very, very similar. And I and I share introversion with you. Um, not that I can't have a comfortable conversation or approach a stranger. I do work networking events relatively comfortably, but it's not natural for me. It's not the kind of thing where I want to be there sort of just in this space. I'd much rather be in a quieter space, either working independently or in a small group. So for those who are dealing with introversion and sales simultaneously, I think this this conversation certainly would resonate. Um, but I love the fact that he almost, I was imagining you were going to say that he literally picked you up by the collar and dragged you <laughs> over and dropped you in front of people, but probably it was more metaphorical than that. But that's the idea, you know, in effect, you got to do this. <laughs> but that's something that I realized only, I would say, a little bit belatedly when I transitioned from formal school leadership into the coaching space is that you really have to be very good and very committed to the sales process because most people don't just discover you. You don't just hang a shingle and say, here I am, I'm a coach, I can help you. You could say it, but number one, there are a bunch of other people saying it. Number So you have to be able to differentiate. In the case of coaching, I think a lot of people still, even today, don't fully appreciate what coaching can do for them. And as a result, it's like one thing, for example, if I'm trying to sell, sell um, you know, auto mechanic services. So everybody knows if there's a problem with my car, if I'm a doctor, everybody knows that I need certain health-related support. But not everybody knows that I need a coach, whether it's a business coach, a personal coach, et cetera. So that's part of it too. And all of this is happening with me never having been in the sales space officially until that point in time. But the point that I like the most, I'll summarize and then I want to you know, transition, hear more about what you have to say, is that piece, the focus on the benefits. You know, until now we we think about, at least the way I used to think about it is, you know, well, they want to buy my services. It's all about me and I have to make it as appealing to them as possible. Now the focus is on how can I help them achieve more and will their lives be somehow incomplete if they don't get the coaching that I offer in your case, of course, whatever it is that you're selling product or service. So that mindset shift, you know, that willingness for salespeople to say, I've got a great product. And if I don't get into people's hands, their lives will forever be limited in some way that can be very motivating, especially when you're feeling like 
you know, I haven't been so successful today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, what I've noticed is I have a good analogy that I use when I'm training salespeople. I have a, a sales team of about six people and we sell uh, products from $2,000 up to $2 million. And the, the guys that are, you know, starting out, the analogy I always give them is, you know, if you had a fire hose and somebody's house was on fire, you wouldn't think twice about just giving that hose out, putting the fire out. And when it comes to whatever your business is, um, you have to kind of see it as like your responsibility. It has to feel kind of like an obligation. When I was, um, when I was younger, I worked in the fast food industry and I remembered at one point, um, and I don't know if this is you know politically correct to talk about, but there was this woman who's morbidly obese. Um, and I remembered she would drive through the drive through and my job was to ask her not, you know, if she wants to reconsider her order and go get something healthier, which I think would be better for her. My job was to ask if she wanted to go medium or large instead. And I remembered when I quit that job, that was the thing that kind of drove me over the edge because this woman was so overweight, her, her stomach was on the steering wheel. She couldn't move the steering wheel without it like rubbing her stomach. And it was such a visceral thing for me because this woman would come through on a weekly basis. I was like, I don't want this to be the impact that I'm having on the world that instead of making it better, I'm actually making this person's life worse. And so that analogy that I use with our sales guys, I'm always telling them, I'm like, look, if somebody's building was on fire, you would not think twice about putting it out. They might even get mad. They might say, hey, why are you spraying my building? Because they might not even be aware of the fire when you appear with the hose. But if you really care, you have to do something. You can't wait until the building burns down and then say to them, oh, is it okay if I help you? You just have to be bold enough to go over there and actually help. Yeah. So you, I mentioned something in your bio, and I think your answer just now touches on this also. And that's human psychology. You talked about mm -hmm. evolutionary, um, I'm sorry, human behavior and evolutionary psychology. And so I'm curious to know what drove you to study them, number one. And number two, for our purposes, how did that change your approach? And how do you utilize that in your sales process? Yeah, so I've I've always been um, very fascinated by people. Being like somewhat naturally introverted, I've always liked just watching people. Um, I also wear glasses for people who are just listening in and not watching. And um, so I've, I've found that I can typically identify people by the way they walk. If I can't see somebody very far away, but I can see the way they're walking and I've seen them a few times, I can identify them by the way they walk. And in high school, I, I started figuring stuff like this out and I started thinking like, you know, why is it that people are doing what they're doing? Like, why do, in high school, it's like, why do girls not like me or why do girls like me or why do people get together or why do they break up? And so it started with things that um, are actually really important. I mean, it's really important to have great relationships, but in the context of high school, it's not really that important. Most, most high schoolers are going to get together and break up. And what I found when I first got into sales was I, I had already studied a little bit of psychology. I had read a lot of philosophy in high school and I was kind of like 
getting stuck because a lot of sales trainings out there, um, they teach you a lot of very strange tactics that um, people don't really use in everyday conversation. A, a good example of this is there's salespeople out there all over the world right now, and they'll say to people something like, if you like everything that I have to show you today, will you just give me a straightforward yes or no at the end of this call? And it's kind of the same as like asking somebody on a date, like if you like everything that you have to see today, will you take me home tonight? Um, it's just a very strange way of doing things. And so when I first started learning sales and, and we might even call it persuasion or negotiation, I found that a lot of the stuff I was learning didn't work and it didn't really make sense. And it didn't make me feel good. Like I felt weird trying to box people in because it's very manipulative to do that to people. Um, and people are smart. People can tell when you're doing those kinds of things. They're like, oh, why is this guy making me like have to answer questions instead of just talking to me like a normal person? And so I started reading more psycholo uh, psychology books. And one of my mentors, uh, a guy named Ty Lopez, is a big fan of like Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung and Dr. David Buss. And Dr. David Buss is more or less known as like the, the godfather of evolutionary psychology. And it, it was interesting because his most basic philosophy is that like everything is more or less driven by mating or the desire to mate to continue um, your life indefinitely through your genetics, like basically passing your genes on as a way of living forever. And I remembered reading through his textbook, which um, for some of your, for some of your viewers, by the way, they're going to look this up and it's, you know, four or $500. There's websites out there that you can get a copy, an older edition of his textbook, which is still just as good for, you know, 20 to $50. It's the best 20 to $50 somebody can spend. But that um, that kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the behaviors that in high school, I was like, why do people act this way when they're dating? Like, why do people get very, like, overly defensive? Something you would call, like, mate guarding in, in like, evolutionary psychology terms. Like, why is it that, like, they don't want people to talk to their girlfriend or boyfriend now? Like, why is it that they're being very insecure? And learning some of those things when it came to business, it was interesting to see how that translated over because people will, um, it's not fair to say lie, but they, they lie. I mean, people will be less than honest with the salesperson um, because they're trying to protect themselves because essentially money is, is an asset. It's equal to food, shelter, any of the basic needs. And so what happens a lot of times with people is they will feel like, okay, this person's trying to get something from me. And um, the etymology of the word sell uh, or to sell actually means to give. So most salespeople are actually doing the wrong thing. They are trying to get something and they, people feel that way. And so learning that stuff through evolutionary psychology about how like, people are more or less trying to protect themselves, trying to ensure their survival. I started seeing in my sales conversations how that was why people would be less than honest with me. And when I started to kind of find little ways to shift the way I talk to people and to be um, 
to be strategically less tactical and just like we're talking right now, have a normal conversation. I have a very good script that I work off of, but it's very loose so that people can take conversations where they need to go. That made a huge difference. I mean, I went from really having to work very hard to uh, to persuade people to to buy things to then feeling like I don't ever really have to close people in the sense that I'm like making them do something. A lot of times they're like, okay, this just makes sense. So how do you bring people? That's great. And I, I love everything you were ta talking about um, because, you know, honestly, I don't like to be sold either. You know, I don't like yeah. when people just sort of pitch me and I know with it, where this is going. So how do you transition? Because again, anyone who's listening, who's in sales or has people in sales, practically, I'm, I'm sort of thinking on their behalf and selfishly on my own, they want to know, yeah, conversations are great. And I'd love to, as we say, need a schmooze all day. But practically, <laughs> you're not in the business to pick up the phone just to talk. You do have a bottom line that you're trying to achieve. How do you transition people or what would be a great strategy? I know you do a whole training on it, so I'm not asking you to deliver all the goods in this conversation, but maybe you can give us at least one concrete step or, 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 or concept that we could take and apply specifically to what we do every day. Yeah, I could I can give you something really simple that can be used both in sales, but it can also be used in management. Um, and it really centers a conversation. So one of the best things an organization can do in terms of sales is not to necessarily have people cold calling. You can do that and it still works, especially because more people now are scared to pick up the phone and call a stranger because people are so used to sending DMs and emails now. Um, but rather to get leads coming in. And then when you call those people, an easy way to just start a conversation is to say, hey, you know, what are you looking for? Like, what what do you want? Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, in in the Bible, it says, you know, ask and it shall be given. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. If you just ask people what they want, um, for the most part, they will tell you pretty, pretty clearly. And um, from from there, I mean, as far as practical, like things people can do, you're basically starting very broad, almost like our conversation right now. We're starting very broad and then slowly throughout the conversation, narrowing down to like, okay, do we actually have something that's going to give this person what they want um, and solve the problem that they're having and getting that? And and that's typically what a business is. It I, I think of businesses in general as like a vehicle and they're all vehicles. They just do they just look different so it takes people from where they are to where they want to be and so the thing with a lot of salespeople is they kind of are so stuck in their head about what they want they're not hearing what people are saying they want and so they're not really getting anything useful to say okay so you want to make more money but you don't know how to do facebook advertising and we have this course, basically we're gonna teach you one, two, three. Um, this is maybe another practical thing for people to sell. Make it very simple. One, two, three is is so incredibly simple. Um, people, if they have, and a lot of people unfortunately have very low self-esteem, 
if they have low self-esteem, but you sell, you basically tell them, look, it's, you do these three things and you should get this kind of result. You might have to try a few things and adapt a little bit, but starting broad with just, you know, what are you looking for? And then slowly narrowing down and then making it very simple for people. I found both in selling and then in managing people, it really, it really works very well. And you don't ever have to strong arm people that way. Um, you're, you're helping them to kind of realize along the way what you might already know that they're not aware of. And that's a lot of selling or persuading is basically just taking the knowledge in your head and, and giving it to other people. Got it. Okay. So one quick thing on introversion. I know we talked about it before, but I, mm -hmm. you did mention something again. Again, I like to give it a, a provide a plug, especially because a lot of people view that as a, as a deficit. Oftentimes, introverts are great listeners, great observers. And you talked about your capacity to observe and sort of see the bigger picture. So embrace that. If that if that is a quality that you have, I I certainly encourage everybody to embrace that and utilize it to your advantage. Now, coming back to what you were saying about kind of starting big picture and funneling it down. So the the practical question that's in my mind and very possibly in, in the minds of others as well is, you know, you started very broad. What are you looking for? Now, that kind of question, obviously, it's going to depend on the context of if I'm if somebody's walking into a department store and I say, can I help you? What are you looking for? They walk into a grocery store. If they're having a conversation in a Best Buy or some kind of tech store, those the the starting point is different just based off of where you are. You wouldn't expect someone to come into a department store, for example, and start looking for groceries, usually, right? It's just the wrong place. So by definition, there's a framework already in place that limits the conversation, even though it's a broad question, to a certain, let's call it vertical or a certain type of conversation that's to follow when you're reaching mm -hmm. out what is it about your initial starting point in the conversation that's sufficiently narrow to allow the next step of the what is it that you're looking for to bring it ultimately to where you could be a value as opposed to being a completely random response that has nothing to do with what it is that you're selling yeah yeah so in a in a business to business model, or even in a, in a business to consumer model, um, excluding retail, and I'll, I'll bring up an example for retail after too. Um, but like in phone sales, as an example, or even over Zoom or anything like that, um, that's the the main job the marketing team has to be doing right. They have to have a clear offer that's bringing those people into the business either as leads or as lower ticket paying customers. So maybe they're buying something for uh, 10 to $100 um, and then they're either scheduling a call or a salesperson is calling them to sell them maybe something for 500 to 5,000 or $10,000. And so that, that kind of narrowness will come a lot of times from the leads coming in either through buying something or through filling out a form. Um, when, but, but let's say you have a really great website and you have an opt-in for an email address and phone number. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't buy anything. They didn't see an ad or anything. They were just on the site and they saw you could get, um, 
a free PDF a on yep. mm -hmm. exactly. That would be the starting point. It would say, "Hey, I saw you filled out our form about uh, you know this this awesome three part series on how to add a zero to your revenue this month. What what are you really looking for? Like, what's what's the goal in your business? What are you trying to do? Can you give me? And this is another thing. Can you give me like a two or three minute summary? Um, and the interesting thing is, people really love to talk about themselves if you'll just let them. A lot of people feel like nobody really listens to them. And it's it's really it's really interesting because the better I get at sales, um, the more like kind of sad it is for me because I talk to people and I realize like I might be the only person who really listens to them all day long. And it's it's really tragic because we're so caught up in uh, our phones and our TVs and everything else. And so if you really listen to people, they will tell you everything you need to know to be able to serve them. And, and really when, when you're tuned into trying to do the best for people and trying to, uh, and, and this seems like a silly thing for like a guy who makes money by talking to people to say, but like, if you truly want to make the world a better place, being a great salesperson that has a great product, I think is one of the easiest ways to do it because people want somebody to, to care. They want somebody mm -hmm. to be willing to listen to them and to actually hear what they're saying and be able to help them make their life better. And, and it doesn't have to be like, we do a lot of business training and we do a lot of like consulting you could do the same thing. Like as an example, in a retail setting, I was at a men's warehouse about a week ago buying a suit. It's the first time I've ever bought like a nice suit. And the woman that worked there, amazing salesperson, amazing. And I never felt like she was selling me because she really understood what I was there for. She's like, she started with, hey, what are you guys looking for? And I was like, well, I need a suit. And she said, okay, well, what kind of suit? Are you getting married? Are you doing an event? And I said, well, I'm, I'm doing a speaking event and I want to kind of be impressive. You know, I want something presidential because I feel like that's a simple way to, to make an impact, right? Just dress the way presidents dress. They all wear the same suits. And, you know, this woman took time with me and worked through, well, you don't want to wear like the, the red or the blue tie. It's too bold. And that process the whole time, I mean, I ended up spending $200 more than I wanted to spend when I started and I felt good about it. And it was really just because like she took the time to to care and she understood that if she did a great job, my life was going to be better. And it's just a suit, right? I mean, I wore it one day and I'll wear it again, maybe 20, 30, 40 times over the course of the next couple of years at speaking engagements. Um, but it, it mattered enough to her. And so every time I wear that suit, I feel better about it because it feels like we put work into making the right choice. And even in retail, um, some people will say, well, you know, when I ask people, one of the main many problems with retail is they'll say to customers, what are you looking for? And customers will say, oh, nothing. In retail, you can cheat a little bit and start by actually um, complimenting people. 
it's it's strange. I compliment people on their shoes a lot because I notice people's shoes because I'm introverted and I'm always looking down. <laughs> so I'll see people's shoes. I'll be like, wow, those are really cool shoes. And people look like surprised. It's like nobody's ever complimented them on their shoes before. Maybe nobody's ever complimented them in the last year or two of their lives. And the interesting thing is in retail, if you start with a compliment and you mean it, people will open up and then you can say, hey, what do you guys, you know, I see you've got, and you could even name some stuff in their cart and say, I see you guys have got this. Are you doing a party? Are you doing this? What are you guys doing? Um, if people know that you care and in retail, people have this belief, the same as like used car sales people, there's a stigma that like they don't get paid very much, so they don't care. So when somebody says, what are you looking for today? They just assume they're just doing it because they have to do it, not, not because they actually want to. And it's an interesting, like, it's practical, but it's also kind of vague for a lot of people. If you just care, things tend to work out. Wow. All right. So I've got one last question. I really wish I could kind of dig, dig deep, but that was like full of goodies. Um, but I do want to transition. But before I do, there's a question I ask all of my guests. And the reason I do is because it really is so important. You know, someone listening to you, I know you talked about your backstory and you really weren't good at sales or so inclined at the beginning. Not everybody presents in that way. Not everybody shares their their their, their dark secret, so to speak, <laughs> or their backstory. But tell us, please, one mistake that you made somewhere along your career journey that at the time felt like, oh my gosh, the the sky is falling. I can't recover from this, but has really set you up for future success. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not really one thing as it was like, um, there's a great speaker named Jim Rohn. He passed away. Uh, he said like the secret to success is like little actions repeated daily. And the secret to failure is the same thing. It's just the wrong actions repeated daily. Um, not, realizing early enough how important being a person of integrity was I think cost me a lot of success in like I ran an insurance company as an example and I think I I could have been significantly more successful I'm very grateful that I wasn't um, because I didn't really like what I was doing but I think I could have been more successful there um, if I had really understood that like being more transparent with people actually closes more sales. Um, and I was just too scared sometimes to like tell people like I was, I didn't want to tell them like, Hey, look, you really should have more coverage and you should pay more money. Cause I was worried that maybe they wouldn't, you know, buy, I was worried maybe I wouldn't get the sale. And in the environment that I was in my, my like, me eating was dependent on me closing sales. And so it was, I was so scared of not making money and not being able to buy food um, that I didn't have the level of integrity that I have now where I would, I would rather not eat than have to um, have to sacrifice my integrity because in the, in the long run, my integrity will feed me the whole rest of my life. Um, the lack of it could I mean, cost me everything that I want out of life. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Love it. <clears throat> All right. Rapid fire time. Um, I'm going to start off with a couple of sales ones. I don't know why, but I, I guess <laughs> I'll go there. The most awkward response you've ever gotten on a sales call. 
yeah. People just say, yeah. And they, they don't like, I can tell they're not engaged at all. I got it. Okay. Someone you'd love to sell, but haven't yet. Oh man, I would have loved to sell somebody really persuasive. Like, um, like mother Teresa was really persuasive. I would have loved to have been able to sell her something. <laughs> the most expensive sale you've ever made. Uh, like total dollar amount that they paid. Mm -hmm. About 336,000. Mm. May I ask what kind of product that was? Yes. I sell, I sold 13, uh, forklifts. Mm. Wow. Okay. That's, something that's that you've learned, scale. something cool you've learned from Ty Lopez. Um, the value of being adaptable um, and aware. It's, it's crazy how many details just fly right past us all every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the last one, a productivity tip that helps you to get more done. Planning tomorrow today, like having a, a journal where I time block the night mm -hmm. before saves me at least an hour a day. Wow. Nice. Okay. Well, Jeremy, this has been fantastic. I'm sure everyone who's been listening would love to get more because you've just scratched the surface with our curiosity and tapped into so many different elements, whether it's sales, psychology, relationships. How can people find you? Where can they learn more about your work? Yeah. I mean, I'm on like all the social media platforms. I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok um, at the Jeremy Sandell. And um, I mean, anybody who has questions, I'm very open. I, I find that most people actually don't ask enough. Um, anybody's more than welcome to reach out to me, direct message me and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in X, Y, and Z. I'm happy to help. Okay. Awesome. All right, Jeremy, here it is the final life lesson uh, that we'd like to end the, the episode with something that you haven't shared already that could just take it to a new level. Yeah, I'll share, I'll paraphrase a quote from Carl Jung. He said that when it comes to people's perception of themselves, um, as a rule, they're extraordinarily clouded and deluded. And it's, it's worth considering that the things we might say and think about ourselves are, are not right. Um, we might be wrong. And even more than that, we might be far below what we're, our actual potential is. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll keep striving for more. That's for sure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming Same. on the show today. I've learned a ton and uh, definitely looking forward to getting this out there. And of course, uh, learning more about your your sales journey, your expertise, and look, much continued success in all you do. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Be well now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and for investing in yourself so that you can lead to succeed. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Your feedback gives the show more social proof and encourages more folks to listen. 